guys, and welcome back to our second episode of this podcast. Uh, today, what we're going to be talking about is CrossFit. Will it hurt me or will it help me? And today, I have roped my husband into doing this podcast with me. Uh, his name is Mark. Say hi, Mark. Hello. Hello. Uh, basically, what he's going to be doing today is kind of uh, playing devil's advocate if he feels necessary, and he's going to be asking questions that I know a lot of you have out there regarding CrossFit. So we're going to go over um, three different topics specifically, but Mark, as far as you're concerned, or as far as you know, um, what do you typically hear as to why why people think CrossFit will hurt them? Um, probably the biggest one is injuries. Uh, I've heard a lot of people, there's a stigma out there about CrossFit that... Uh, and honestly, it's probably rightly deserved in some aspects, but a lot of people get hurt doing CrossFit. I feel like uh, particularly shoulder injuries is one of the biggest ones I hear about. Uh, a lot of people think that CrossFit will destroy their bodies, their joints and ligaments. Um, what else? Um, I know a lot of people have an issue with it because it's so randomly programmed. Um, particularly from, I guess, more the bodybuilding community. People live and breathe by repetitions and by structure. And there's a belief out there that if you don't have constant structure, that you're not going to make gains, you're not going to make progress in, uh, in your, your exercises. Um, anything else? Just, you know, like if, if you hear people talking or in passing conversation or when you say like, oh, my wife owns a CrossFit gym and they're like, oh, I'm not going to do CrossFit. Well, definitely the expensiveness of it now that I'm thinking about it. That's There's true. Stigma out there that's very expensive. Um, I can't really think of anything else. All right. So let's actually, I want to dive into what you talked about as far as programming for CrossFit because I've heard the same thing. A lot of people, you know, they, they think that CrossFit's programming is totally random and it, it doesn't make any sense and they're just throwing things together uh, and the reality is is that there's actually a lot of structure to CrossFit's programming um, which I think a lot of people don't realize so uh, when it comes to programming there's uh, three modalities that we typically work off of so one is monostructural uh, metabolic conditioning which is like cardio so running, jump rope, rowing, that kind of a thing. Um, and then we have gymnastics movements, which is body weight exercises such as push-ups, air squats, uh, pull-ups, that kind of a thing. And then the last one is weightlifting. So back squat, bench, Olympic weightlifting. And then from there, especially from CrossFit.com, what we'll do is, um, or what they'll do is depending on the structure, so whether you're doing three days on one day off or five days on two days off, what you try and do is you have a single modality workout, a couplet, which is two modalities, and then a triplet, which is three. So I don't know if you've ever gone on to CrossFit.com and you'll see like deadlifts. I'll just have like five, 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 three, 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 one, one, one. If you ever, yeah. So that would be like the single modality day and they're going to do weightlifting. And then the next day, they'll do a couplet, which is two modalities. And since we already use weightlifting, 
we'll do uh, monostructural and gymnastics. And we'll put those together and say like a 15-minute AMRAP. Okay. Um, and then the third day, um, you'll do all three of them. So you do your triplet and you'll do weightlifting, um, monostructural, and gymnastics. And the reason we do that and the reason it seems random is because there's so many different movements in CrossFit, but we're always making sure that there's single, double, triple, and we're mixing up the modalities within that. Um, some CrossFit gyms do it differently. They'll have a strength portion first, and then they'll jump into their modalities in their Metcon, and they'll mix it up that way. But the goal is to always hit one of those three and make sure that you're getting that within your three-day period or your five-day period. So, you know, within the five-day period, you might do single, double, triple, double, single. Okay. As far as your modalities in a workout. So and that's, that's CrossFit Online? Yeah, and start. that's... Yeah, so if you look at CrossFit.com, they do three days on, one day off. Um, but a lot of gyms will cater to the five days on, two days off, because most people want to come Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have the weekend off. But it's really, really what CrossFit, you know, talks about is putting that template together. And this is just like the simple version, but using that template of modalities, and then programming from there. Does that make sense? Yes. On some level. So really, for everybody out there, it's not. It's really not random. We're not just like putting our hand in a bucket full of papers, grabbing a handful, pulling it out, and being like, this is what we're going to do today. Um, you know, in a lot of gyms, they'll run like strength cycles where they'll focus on strength for a month or two, maybe three months. And it's very specific in that strength cycle what they're programming and what they're trying to build. Well, they'll run through um, a skill cycle or gymnastics, and we'll run that through. But it's really, you know, the aim is to have that template for your workout programming in the hope of elaborating on the, you know, CrossFit concept of getting fitter over time and focusing on those modalities until you've built, you know, proper skills, um, proper movements, and that sort of thing. Okay, but I'm sure there are gyms out there that just randomly, they really don't take into account any sort of programming or goals or anything. It really is just random. And I, I think... To some extent, that that does exist out there, and um, I mean, I have to agree. I, I feel like totally random programming doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why some people would have an issue with that. I actually, you know, it's funny that you say that because when I first opened the gym, um, I didn't know really anything about the template of programming for CrossFit and, uh, you know, something you can find online through the CrossFit journal, but I hadn't gone through my level one yet. And I was trying to figure out, you know, how to program and I was doing programming for myself. And, um, I totally just did totally random. I was like, what haven't I done the last three days? Well, I'm going to program that in and I'm going to just throw it out there and throw it together. Um, I will say I didn't see a decrease in my fitness. I didn't see anything decline, 
But I think because I was just choosing at random, I didn't see um, a development in certain areas that I wanted to. You need repetition and practice and and muscle memory and, and a movement if you expect to get better at it. You can't do one movement every six weeks and expect to get better at it. Right, right. And I think, too, that comes into, you know, a lot of gyms, like, providing time after class or weekend classes where it's like, hey, we're just going to work on gymnastic skills, like muscle-ups, for instance, because that, that doesn't always pop up in a workout very often. And so it doesn't really get worked. So I think, you know, it's important that if you decide to try out CrossFit where you find a gym where they really find importance and emphasis on building you as an athlete, not just being like, hey, these are just the workouts we're going to do. You know, you'll figure it out as you go along, but being like, this is what we offer and we offer these avenues or one-on-one training or, you know, special classes, different days of the week to build your Olympic lifts, your gymnastic skills, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think that's true. I think that's one of the, the big things that I hear. Um, and I hope that makes sense to people. Like I said, if you want to dive into that a little more, there is an article uh, on CrossFit.com uh, in the CrossFit Journal, and it's called A Theoretical Template for CrossFit's Programming. Um, and it's by Greg Glassman and it's fantastic. I highly suggest that you read it. Um, if you have any more questions about that. What does it talk about? It just, it talks about what I just talked about as far as the modalities and the template of the programming. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the next argument I hear a lot of, and you can tell me if you hear this too or not, is that CrossFit is too extreme. It's way too intense. Like there's no way... That can be good for my body. Like. I don't, I've never heard anyone say that. I, I've heard people say that, oh, I can't do that. That's too intense for me. But that's because they think that they're too out of shape or too whatever. I don't, I've never heard anyone say that in a negative sense. As, as in it's bad for you. It's just people are intimidated by it. Because it seems pretty hardcore to your average person who's working out at Planet Fitness for the last five years. I mean, yeah. quite, quite a bit different culture, different different mentality. It just seems really hardcore to people, and that's kind of that's really intimidating to some people. But I've, I've never heard anyone say that it, they think it's too intense in the sense that it's unhealthy. I think, I think I've heard <laughs> that when injury comes in. Like, they're like, oh, that's, like, that's really intense, and I feel like I might get hurt. Yeah. Like, I might hurt myself. Um... And so I I wanted to dive in on this because um, my my argument with this, my argument for CrossFit is really strictly based uh, on science. Um, And so Pepperdine uh, Pepperdine University actually did um, a metabolic analysis of elite CrossFit athletes during a workout. And they were... uh, you know, tracking like VO2 max and oxygen intake and, you know, what goes on in the body during and after a typical CrossFit workout. Um, and I found this entire thing incredibly interesting because I didn't even know it, but they found that during uh, a general CrossFit workout of high intensity, right? So we're looking for that high intensity, 
um, that we start off using fat as energy and then we go over to carbs. And so typically if you're in um, like say the fat burning zone, you hear about that a lot. Like people at Planet Fitness hop on the treadmill, the bike, the elliptical, and they're like, I'm just going to do a workout in the fat burning zone. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what they're talking about. But with this high intensity, you start off using fat as energy and then you go to carbs. Um, so when when you're in that level of high intensity, most of our energy is being driven by stored glycogen or blood glucose. Um, very little fat during the workout is actually being used. But, hold on. So yeah. I thought you said high intensity. You use fat as your as your fuel source. You start with fat, and then as your level of intensity goes up, you you go into um, using carbs as your primary um, source of energy. Okay. So here's here's where the good news comes in because I I heard that and I was like, well, I want to be burning fat not burning my carbs, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the deal. When you do a high-intensity workout, very little fat is being used during the workout, but in recovery, there's a switchover. So when you're done with your workout and you're recovering and you're, you're letting your body recover, what happens is there's a metabolic process where it switches over and 85 to 90% of your energy is being used, um, your energy being used in recovery is coming from fat metabolism. Okay. And that's, you know, that that's why especially elite CrossFit athletes have very little body fat on them. So when you train with the level of high intensity um, day in and day out, during the recovery phase, your metabolism is still elevated. And so you have a really... Um, high rate of fat use for energy after the workout. Okay. Um, and the cool thing is, so typically, you know, just at rest, we use about 60% of our, of our energy use is derived from fat. But when you recover from a high-intensity workout, you're using 85 to 90% of fat for energy. So 85 to 90% of your energy is coming from fat burn? Yeah, after a high-intensity workout, during the recovery period. Okay. Um, also, you know, when you're doing higher-intensity workouts, we tend to have a higher intake of oxygen rates, mm-hmm. and our metabolism is elevated for longer. Um, when you do a lower-intensity workout, that's not the case. And after the workout, when you're recovering, you only yield about 20 minutes of elevated metabolism. But in a typical 15 to 20 minute high intensity CrossFit workout, so that's like to, if you went to a class, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're using um, that 85 to 90% fat and uh, you'll end up using that 85 to 90% for t- up to two hours, about two hours after the workout. Okay. So low intensity yields that high intake for 20 minutes after that workout okay and a high intensity is up to or about two hours okay so if you do a high intensity workout you're actually burning more fat in the recovery in the end and you didn't have to spend hours at the gym right just you know going from machine to machine or 
just sitting on the elliptical for 30 minutes to an hour. Right. Um, and this is all from Pepperdine University, and uh, it's from Dr. Cooker and um, her, she's an associate professor of sports medicine at Pepperdine, and then there's uh, another gentleman that she works with where they did this study. Um, and so I hope, I hope that makes sense as far as, you know, arguing for the fact of why, you know, it's actually better for your body to do the high intensity workouts right? as opposed to low and slow at the gym. I've heard, um, in the past in reference to high intensity, <clears throat> high intensity interval training, hit training, that fat burn continues up to like. 10 or 12 hours after the workout is is there anything about you know about that so i haven't um i re i rechecked my facts about that today um because i know you and i had talked about that earlier and um i didn't necessarily find the exact answer that i was looking for so like i said what i did find was that around two hour window where you're burning that 85 to 90% fat for energy Mm -hmm. as opposed to that 20 minute window if you do a low intensity workout. But that's something I'm actually, you know, I would love to look up and answer it when we do our um, Instagram questions live on Wednesday. So I'll I'll have that answer. Okay. Um, so I think the last thing I want to hit, I, you mentioned it in the very beginning, as to why people think CrossFit will hurt them versus help them, is that they're worried about getting hurt. Yeah. Right? They're generally concerned that they're going to, like, injure their back or their knees or their shoulders. Um, like, people have generally told, like, genuinely told me, I will not do CrossFit because I've seen people get hurt. Yeah. I've watched the videos of this guy that broke his back or whatever, right? Or I had a friend, she did CrossFit and she she pulled this muscle and now she can't work out for 6 months. Right. I mean, I I mean, I'm sure you've heard those stories. Yeah. Like I said, I've heard a lot I heard a lot about shoulder injuries. That's the biggest thing I hear about. So, I think within that, I want to talk about, I was really thinking hard, and I came up with three reasons why I think injury happens in CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And you can correct me if, you, if I'm wrong, or you can argue with me about it, but the first one, and it's, it is kind of hard to say, but really, truly, sometimes, um, there, there aren't always the best coaches out there. Yeah. And that's that's in really any profession or any sport that you do, right? There's, we're all human Mm -hmm. and we're not perfect, but sometimes there's just a coach and it might just be a bad day. Maybe they're just having a bad day, but they're, they genuinely maybe don't pay attention. Um, or they push too hard because they're not knowledgeable on their client or their client's goals or the gym members, um, desires for fitness. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I know that's very black and white, but I really think uh, sometimes 
you have to give CrossFit a little bit of grace because, like, we're all human. And there's just, there's going to be bad coaches. Right. You know, and that doesn't make it acceptable. That doesn't make it right. But it's it's just, it's going to happen. Um, the other big issue I think that some gyms have is the athlete-to-coach ratio. Um, I know at our gym, we only allow about 10 people in a class. Because I feel like as a coach that I could only properly coach and pay attention to about 10, maybe 15 people max. Um, I, feel like, I feel like anything more than 10 is pushing it. Especially if it's a, a group of people who are not well versed in CrossFit. A bunch of newer people who are trying to learn, trying to manage, I'd say even trying to manage eight people is pushing it if they're all brand new. That's pretty difficult. Right. And that can be, that can be really hard as a coach. Um, And I think what happens is a lot of these bigger gyms, sometimes they'll get upwards of 20, 30 people and there's one coach. Right. And really as a coach, you just, you can't keep an eye on that many people. You know, you're scanning the room, you're trying to look around, you're trying your best, but it's it's almost not impossible because I've seen it done. And when I've seen it done, granted, it's with CrossFit uh, seminar staff, yeah. people who are basically elite coaches for CrossFit, um, and they do it very, very well. But I think the majority of us um, coach as a hobby or a side job. And we don't have the ability to always train or learn or progress the way we would want to. So I think that overfilling classes can lead to injury in athletes because you're just not able to pay attention. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, I think if you're thinking about trying CrossFit, if you're looking, you know, I'm not saying don't find a gym that isn't big or... You know, don't go to a gym if there aren't big classes. Some gyms, they do have two coaches to a class. I know there's a gym here, and and they absolutely, when they get 20, 30 people, they'll have two coaches to a class, Mm -hmm. and I think that's great. But I think you have to be really wise and really educated um, or just understand, like, if you're in a big class, like, be smart. Yeah, if you're in a big group of people too, you need to be willing to ask questions of the coach. Um, yeah, like grab their attention. Yeah, exactly. If, you, if you're having an issue, don't expect the coach to read your mind and know you're having an issue because there may be 15 other people that they're trying to pay <clears throat> attention to. So if you have a question, if you have an issue, if you have a concern, you need to be willing to speak up about it because ultimately it's your health that's on the line, not the coach's. If you get hurt, the coach isn't the one that's going to suffer from it. You are. Right. So you need to speak up. And if you have concerns, you need to air <clears throat> concerns. I agree. Um, I think this last issue that I'm going to discuss, and it's kind of the biggest, and uh, a lot of people aren't going to like to hear this, but I, I personally believe that the number one reason people get injured when they do CrossFit um, and why there's such a big stigma of injury around CrossFit and not overall fitness and overall health is that people aren't coachable. 
Hey guys, so I just wanted to jump in right here and do a little side note. Um, after we recorded the podcast and I sat down and listened to it, uh, I wanted to clarify myself and say that I don't think that everyone is uncoachable. Um, I think that sometimes people are uncoachable, and as you'll continue to listen, you'll hear why uh, I think that they're uncoachable. And, um, you know, I just, I, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't understood as a blanket statement as, oh, people are just uncoachable, uh, because that's not how I feel. We have a lot of athletes that are that are incredibly coachable, and they listen really well, um, and sometimes it just depends on the day, um, and I think a lot of that comes in on just listening to your coach uh, when it comes to scaling, and I know that sometimes it can feel embarrassing or humiliating, but everybody starts somewhere. And the important thing is to remember that as coaches, you know, we've been taught how to scale appropriately so that you meet the intent of the workout, that you can get the intensity out of it that you need, and so that with the movements you're doing, we're leading you to get to your fitness goal, Um, whether that's losing weight, getting a pull-up, snatching more, back squatting more. Um, There's a purpose to the scaling, and so it's never to humiliate you or embarrass you or make you feel bad. Um, So just understand, you know, maybe you're the only one in the entire class that has to scale, but at some point, every person in that class has had to scale a workout. Nobody just came in and was going Rx the entire time. So, you know, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the fact that it's not everyone that's uncoachable, and it's not you know, the people that are uncoachable, it's not even all the time. Um, And so, you know, focus on your scaling, focus on listening to your coach. And uh, just remember, scaling is a good thing. I think, you know, another reason people think that CrossFit is going to hurt them is because they they watch someone doing a squat snatch and they're like, I'd blow my shoulder out. Um, And maybe, maybe they would if they came into the gym and we were like, hey, pick up that 95 pound bar and give me a squat snatch. Um, you know, that's what scaling is for. That's where it comes in. And we say, Hey, uh, you know, we're going to do it with a PVC, you know, we're going to learn the movement first and we're going to use this PVC for a while. And then we're going to start to build weight. We're going to make sure your form is intact. Um, and you're safe before, you know, putting a bunch of load on you. Um, and they're scaling for everything, guys. Like, I can scale a burpee. I've had people that come in and they're like, I cannot do a burpee. And I'll look at them and say, okay, I want you to lay down on the floor and then get up. And that's going to be your burpee for the day. Um, I've scaled lunges where we have to use chairs. Um, I mean, really, I've scaled everything, everything. So that shouldn't stop you. And it's something you most definitely should not be embarrassed about because we all start somewhere and we all have something we need to work on. Uh, So I just, I wanted to plug in this side note to make some clarity and understanding as you continue listening to the rest of the podcast. Um, You can tell it's a subject that I tend to get fired up about because I care. I really genuinely care and I want people to get better. I want people to meet their fitness goals and I want to help them be who they want to be and do what they want to do in life inside and outside of the gym. So with that being said, I will let you get back to listening to the rest of the podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. They choose to not listen to their coaches. Um, <clears throat> they 
or even if they listen, like maybe they're like, well, I know better, like subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reality is, for the most part, you know, coaches are really good at what they do and they care. So if your coach looks at you and says, hey, you're brand new and today instead of doing five rounds, I want you to do three. Or, hey, that weight is too heavy. I need you to drop 20 pounds off the bar. And if you don't listen, if you're not coachable in that moment, that's where I've seen injury. I mean, over the last six years of coaching athletes that come in and out of our gym, I would say 95% of people's injuries come in when I'm like, hey, that's too heavy, you need to drop the weight. That's too heavy, you need to drop the weight. And even if I go over and strip the bar for them, sometimes they go ahead and put weight back on the bar anyway. And that's just being uncoachable. And then they end up hurting their shoulder or hurting their back. Or when it's like, hey, that last deadlift, you started around your back, that's good. We're going to call it for that strength portion. And they're like, oh, no, no, I'm going to put two and a halfs on. And then on that last rep is when they pull their back. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's... That's what I see a lot of. I don't know. You know, I know you've helped coach at the gym and you've you've been in and watched classes. I mean, would you agree with that statement? I would agree. It's a big factor. Um, my personal opinion, and this is just going from my personal experience, not, not coaching, but just being an athlete, working out myself. Um, well, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand, but I'd say biggest factor of injury in CrossFit is... Uh, ego, personal ego on the yeah. athlete's part. It's the the competitive nature of CrossFit, which I think is a good thing, is also probably one of the major causes of injury. Um, so you have a bunch of, generally speaking, a bunch of type A in, individuals in CrossFit who want to achieve and uh, be competitive and be the best you have a whole bunch suddenly in a competitive environment where weight is a factor in which they're measuring ability against another person and you have the big potential of people adding way too much weight on because they're getting competitive with one another mm-hmm. and then injuring themselves um i'm not very competitive against other people i'm competitive against myself against my my previous scores or times or weights or whatever. So in my own personal struggle with back injuries, which I've had excessive amounts over the last 10 years, um, I'd say, well, a hundred percent of the time that I've hurt my back is because my ego got in the way. Yeah. I knew I shouldn't do a deadlift or a back squat heavy because I know I've injured myself in the past. I knew I needed to slow down and work my way up. But I felt good, and uh, I didn't want to do baby weight, so I decided to throw a bunch of weight on there. And sure enough, I re-injured myself. So I, I think personal ego is probably the biggest cause of injuring CrossFit. Well, and I think, you know, like you said, I think ego is what comes into people not being coachable. Yeah, and it goes hand in hand. You know, I think I think people... You know, the coach walks over and say you're newer, and I'm like, hey, like, you're doing a really good job, but because you're new, I just want you to do three rounds today instead of five, or I want you to do air squats instead of weighted squats, Um, but you see the whole class doing 
weighted squats and five rounds. You know, that's when your ego comes in and you're like, no, 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 no I'm cool. I'm going to do, I'm going to do everything just like everybody else. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm definitely not, for me, my, my cardiovascular conditioning is definitely my strong point. Strength is not my strong point. Um, so when I work out with a whole bunch of guys who are strong, I typically do more weight than I know I should. Yeah. And, and I'm not inexperienced. I've, I'm fairly experienced. I've been doing this for a while. And uh, even I still, with my knowledge base of knowing that what I'm doing is stupid, I still do it sometimes. So somebody who doesn't have that knowledge base, I, it's very easy for people to injure themselves because they're trying to honestly impress other people, usually right. what it is. I think, and I'm actually, I'm really happy you brought up the uh, topic of being competitive in a gym. And I think... You know, when people think of CrossFit, they typically think of the CrossFit Games and super elite athletes and that if I'm going to do CrossFit, that's that's what I'm going to be doing. And, you know, I'm going to be competing and having to lift these heavy weights and put up these heavy numbers. And, and something I wanted to mention in the beginning, but I totally forgot, was um, I, I wanted to talk about the definition of CrossFit. And I wanted to define CrossFit so that people have a clear understanding of the true intentions of what CrossFit is supposed to be. Um, And the the definition of CrossFit, which this is via the CrossFit journal, is that CrossFit is a lifestyle characterized by safe, effective exercise and sound nutrition. CrossFit is constantly varied, high-intensity functional movement. And I think the biggest thing right there is that CrossFit is a lifestyle characterized by safe effective exercise and sound nutrition right and you know yes we want like healthy competition and we want you to to push yourself but the idea of crossfit is not necessarily to turn you into this super jacked super ripped crazily athlete that's going to the crossfit games now if that's your goal and and you have the ability to do it and and that's where you're built there's nothing wrong with that but I think that's the stigma that kind of tends to surround CrossFit when the true intention is not to hurt you. It's actually to make you healthier. It's to say, hey, you you have a knee injury or a back injury. Let me work with you. Let's heal that. Let's help that through these functional movements. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, you you have a hard time getting on and off the floor with your child. Let's Let's help. Let's fix that. Mm-hmm. Let's get you functionally fit so that, you know, you can you can be playing with your kid or your grandkid on the floor and you can pick them up and get up. You don't even need your hands to get up off the ground. Right. And, you know, the goal is for you to get fitter over time. And and it's to do it in a healthy manner and in a safe way. And I think I just think that gets missed when people think about CrossFit because of everything else surrounding it and the hype around the elite athletes, which there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. And I'm so glad we have elite athletes and masters and teenagers to see what your body is really physically capable of. But I think sometimes that prevents people from just stepping foot into a CrossFit gym. Right. Because they're worried that I'm going to be stepping into this crazy competitive environment where everything is really fast paced and it's, you know, it's really intense, and I'm terrified I'm going to get hurt. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And well, to be fair, there are gyms out there that are like that. That's true. And and the, I will say, you know, it, you have to be smart when you're looking for a gym and think about what are your fitness goals. Uh, personally, for us as a gym, we're geared towards lifelong fitness. You know, making you fitter when you're 70 than you were when you were 50. Um, there's a couple of gyms in town, though, that are pretty much completely uh, competitive driven. Yeah. And they're like competition gyms, which is fine. But if your goal is in competition, that might not be where you want to go. Yeah. Um, so I think you have to define what your goals are, look around and be smart, and then there's nothing wrong with dropping into a couple different gyms, filling out the environment, making sure that you feel the coaches are educated, um, the programming is sound, and that they're really genuinely invested in you and care about you. And then I think that's where you should choose to to invest yourself yeah, as I an agree. athlete. I agree. Um, so, you know, I mean, I know this was a, a long topic to discuss, but I, I thought it was really important <clears throat> because I, I hear all the time, even from friends, you know, that I've had for forever that... They're not going to come try my gym because they're worried about getting hurt. Right. And I hope this brings up some topics or some ideas in people's heads so that they can ask questions. Um, I also hope that it answers some questions, um, which I, I don't, I think it'll maybe bring some clarity to some people. I think so. Um. I will say, too, guys, if you have any questions about CrossFit, if you go to CrossFit, I believe it's CrossFit.journal.com. It's the CrossFit Journal. They have an endless library of articles where you can look up anything. You have to be a subscriber, though, right? Uh, for some of them. For oh, okay. some of them, you have to log in and have full access. I believe some you can just read. Because um, I know I'm not always logged in when I read them. But... Um, I, I want to say thank you for doing this podcast with me. You're welcome. Um, and so that being said, guys, if you have any questions or you have something you want to discuss or talk about, um, just like last week on Wednesday, I will be doing another Instagram live. So if you want to email in your questions, um, or just save them up, but you can email them into connect at CrossFit 9110.com. And uh, on Wednesday at 1.30 Mountain Standard Time, I will hop on Instagram Live and I will answer them. Um, I'll answer them or you can hop on Instagram Live and type in your questions or something you want to discuss and talk about. But I hope this starts getting your brain going. And if you've never tried CrossFit before or you're, you're too scared or you're worried about getting injured, I hope this pushes you in the direction of maybe just giving it a try. And, um, you know, trusting that for most of us out there as trainers in CrossFit gyms, our overall goal for you is for you to, to get fit for life and to be healthy. Um, so that being said, I want to say thank you for listening and I hope that you tune in next week. Next week, we are going to be talking about rest days, recovery and mobility. How important are they? We'll see you next week. 